0: Welcome to the first official
1: Careless Whispers
0: on CLNS Media. How do you feel about that, Calvin?
1: Yeah, significant. We're going to have a significantly different show from that line, guys. You won't even recognize us. We will not be the same at all.
0: That's right. CLNS Radio is now CLNS Media. So update your Twitter handles. And and all the at tweets that you have tweeted people out there, no, you don't have to go do that. Just know that going forward, you're gonna be tweeting at CLNS Media, and you can tweet at me too at Team Green Truth. Calvin Chamberlain is that man over there. And uh, Calvin, how you feeling right now, bud?
1: I am feeling wonderful. If you buy, if any Celtics fans stuff that I was gonna come on the air and be. You know, even the slightest bit disappointed that the Celtics got the number one pick and we got the number two pick, you're out of your freaking mind. I could not be happier right now because the sort of Damocles brewery really was just hanging over my franchise, like like the pit of death. I I went over it before, but just in case, just in case anybody doesn't realize this, the Celt- uh, the Lakers had had uh, due to the Steve Nash trade uh, had acquired the rights to the Lakers top three pick. It, if it had fallen outside, uh, I'm sorry, the Lakers pick if it had fallen outside the top three this year, which it did not. It came in at number two. And on top of that, uh, Orlando, as part of the Dwight Howard t- trade, uh, was going to get the Lakers 2019 pick, but because the Lakers got their, their top three pick this year, uh, the the, the pick that go, 2019 pick that goes to the Magic uh, Is now Turned into second round picks Due to the Ted Steffian rule about trading draft picks In multiple years Even though the, the, when the Lakers made the pick It like wasn't close to being multiple years It's just that we've rolled this pick over For th- three years now that's, that's been hanging over the Lakers' heads Somehow mm-hmm. we keep having to give it up And yeah, yeah I know You probably wanted to talk about the Celtics first But let me tell you something yeah, I so it's basically the difference between getting a top three pick, in this case number two, getting the number two draft pick, or losing two first-round picks, uh, one of which was was like guaranteed to be in the top five. So I feel great right now. Celtics, well, congrats, you know what? This is
0: crazy that the Celtics have gotten the number one pick, because they're, it's well documented how many times they've been screwed over in this lottery, or unlucky, I guess I should say. But the thing that I mean, if you want to start Lakers, the Celtics are tied right into that. So let me get this hot take right out of the out of the way. I just heard somebody on a Sports Hub here say it, and I think it's a it's, it's a great idea. And I just want to know how stupid Magic Johnson is, and how good Danny Ainge's poker face is. Can Danny Ainge trick Magic Johnson into thinking that he wants Lonzo Ball? And and therefore, getting Magic to trade up to number one and give Danny Age something else that he may like off of the roster or a future pick, et cetera. That's what I want to know.
1: I doubt it because uh, the Lakers supposedly like bolts better than Ball on their their radar, even though they like Ball a lot as well. Oh, so I, okay. I think so they're
0: playing poker too then. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. So if you really, you really want to make that uh, stand, Go ahead, but the the Lakers would be ecstatic, I think, if the Celtics took uh Lonzo Ball, even even though I think the Lakers will take Lonzo Ball, assuming that the Celtics or in which we can we will get into in a minute, or whichever team has that number one pick by the time draft mm-hmm. table is around gets mm-hmm. uh, uh takes takes Mark I I think Alonzo Ball i d I'm definitely not buying any notion that the Lakers will end up with a guy like Josh Jackson, uh even though in theory he could be better for this team, since the, the thing that the Lakers lack more than anything is defense. But I, I, yeah, he can't shoot, and I don't think that I don't think the Lakers will take Josh Jackson. But yeah, case, Danny
0: Ains tried to to fool the media in the the post lottery presser that he just did. and they asked they they asked him some sort of a question about uh, who who he's looking at as far as or who he's seen. And how many times he's seen them, like which players that he's in the top four or whatever, has he seen more in person than others? And he kind of alluded to the fact that it was Fulton Ball and and then he sort of at the end of answering the question said, oh, and – or Tatum and Jackson. I've seen them all. I've seen I've seen them all. We've, and then he continued to elaborate on how often he's seen those other guys that were sort of not involved in the initial response. So uh, I think it's clear who the top two are here. And Danny Ainge is not going to pull any punches, and he's not he's not going to try and fake anybody out as far as who his his top players are in this draft. I'd just be curious to see how how. Open he is to trading the pick if a motherload came in from some team that has an established player uh, and maybe they offer him other draft picks as well. I don't know what the what the package would have to be for him to bite on trading this pick, but my my gut instinct is that he is going to use it and he's going to use it on Marco Fultz.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Well, first, first of all, yeah. As somebody who was had we had the number two pick uh, last year. We had the number two pick uh, the year before that with D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram. So now we have the, the number two pick for the third year in a row. I can tell you that, like, that, that I, that this is the third year I've dealt with this, like, GM and the number one pick trying to sort of blow smoke smokescreen when it was obvious who they were going to pick. And I feel like this happens every year. There's, like, a yeah. number one guy who's looking. Three of these years, where like call Towns was the number one guy, and, uh, and actually that year it was Carl Towns and Jahlil Okafor. The Lakers just ended up taking uh, taking D'Angelo. But normally there's there's two guys. One of them is like t- clearly higher on everyone's board, but the GM sort of pretends that they're not. And I feel like it's the same. It's going to be the same way this year. Like Fultz, it, but it's like, it's funny though because one. So I've, I've sort of been seeing this reaction, like e- even before the draft, like, uh, I like I don't want to end up in that spot where my team's going to end up taking Lonzo Ball. And I, I had this discussion on the post game too, like, well, in, 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 and we can talk about this because I I think it does matter in terms of like how this could ap- uh, potentially affect the Isaiah Thomas situation. Maybe you think it's not at all, but we can get to that in a second. But the point is, is I was like, well, you know, if the Celtics take Lonzo Ball, then then he and I, Isaiah probably could play well better together than, than he and Fultz. But, like, the Celtics fans were so disgusted by the idea of, like, taking this guy who's, like, the clear number two pro... Like, everyone just see, I, I feel like it's because they hate his dad. Everyone just has this clear idea that Lonzo Ball is going to suck in the NBA. And I, I, I'll i grant you that he, like, has certain flaws, but so does everybody. You know what I mean? Like, we... I, I guess my point is is, like, none of us watch enough college to know, or even, like, even the guys who watch all the college... College sure. games. No the one's saying Lonzo Ball is the, the, the second highest well, prospect. So, so the, the thing about Lonzo
0: Ball that I saw in the few games that I watched him over the tournament and towards the end of the season uh, was that he seemed hesitant to me in, in moments to take a shot. He seemed like he was he was trying to be past first, uh, almost to the point of of, of like, um, well, like Rajon Rondo not wanting to shoot because he can't shoot. And I know that I'm not trying to say that Lonzo Ball shoots like Rajon Rajon Rondo but he just he seemed to be much more of a pass first kind of guy so if you're going to bring a player like that in I think you're right I think he would be able to play off of Isaiah Thomas but the hesitation in his game would would give me pause I, I feel like Markel Fultz might be a better fit for the NBA for that reason
1: he, he does at times, I, but see here's the thing. The, that's the weird thing about him. I I think he hesitates because his instinct is to is to pass overshooting. But he definitely has like if you if you look at the dis the range that he has, he basically has Curry Ryan Anderson level range where he, like a lot of his threes are like three four five feet beyond the three point line. Like he's not like, he's not Rondo in his capacity as a shooter. He has as much range as. You know, basically any player in the NBA right now. No, I know.
0: I wasn't trying to equate his shooting to Rondo's shooting, but I almost like the mindset of Rondo not wanting to shoot because he's passing first. And, and, I mean, Rondo's doing that because he can't shoot. But Ball just seemed, in the times that I saw him to be doing that, uh, and almost forcing it it, to try and get his teammates involved, which is nice and all. all, But if you're going to be a superstar type of player, you need to be able to take over when, when they're not playing well. And that's what a guy like LeBron James does. That's what Isaiah Thomas has has done at times over the course of the season. Players throughout the league yeah. do that. Kawhi Leonard, name him. Durant, Curry, all those guys. So if he's gonna be one of those top top type of players over the course of his career, he's gonna have to learn to take over more often than defer to his to his teammates. But you know what? But, Another thing? I would I would almost say Danny Inge, take Lonzo ball just just to shove it in LeVar Ball's face. You know what? He's going to play for the Celtics, whether he likes it or not. We'll see how good his, his career is, because we believe in this player. If you're Danny Ainge, um, not, don't do it out of spite only, but if you, if you like Lonzo Ball enough that you think he should be the number one pick, forget about what his father says. It doesn't matter. Take the kid, I agree. And, and he's going to play, so, but yeah. I still think he goes with faults.
1: And forget about the notion that like his father's some sort of problem. You, I, I spoke about it before. Like it, it's not going to make a difference once he gets in the NBA, especially like well, Kobe had a loud mouth dad. It, it doesn't matter. But, did you see what uh, Steven yeah. Jackson said today about that? You no, know what did he say?
0: Steven Jackson said it would be, it would cause a, cause a problem if he starts to mouth off and 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 rag on on uh, Lonzo Ball's NBA teammates because. Uh, he he just thinks that it's like uh I'm going to try and find the exact exact quote but it was it, it's more of a business and these guys these guys wouldn't take that in the locker room and they wouldn't they would probably I don't know at least go at ball in behind closed doors and let them know like your father's got to got to cut this out I'm trying to find this
1: yeah I think Levar Ball making that comment about. First of all, he made that comment after Alonso left UCLA. But secondly, he didn't he he didn't single anybody out specifically. He was just saying, "Hey, my son played with a bunch of white guys." So uh, I don't think like if he was like this guy isn't good enough, I think that would be a different level. But anyway, anyway back 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 to the Celtics and in, in their glorious uh, grasp at the number one pick. Yeah. I, well, Oh, let me, let me go back to the, the Lakers real quick, just to finish my just to finish my round. And on that, I'm not sure the Lakers end up with this number two pick. I I think there's a, a pretty good shot that they that they try to offer it up in this Paul George scenario, because it, I I think that there's going to be this fear that George is going to end up getting traded somewhere else, hmm. like maybe South leverage him in that respect. And, and Lonzo Ball to Indiana, you know, having that number two pick, that's like the unknown. Plus, maybe we throw somebody. You know, maybe it's like that pick in Julius Randle or something. I can I can see that as sort of being the the foundation of a package for hmm. uh, a guy who uh, everybody thinks is going to the to the Lakers at the end of the year anyway. And uh, I don't know. Maybe you can, you Sam. Um, um, uh,
0: Why would they do um, it?
1: I, you know, that's that's what I was going to ask you. Would you, if, if if you're Indiana and you think Paul George is leaving for sure? Would, would that be? Let's, let's even oh, add if it. you're
0: Indiana, if you're Indiana, then pursue it by all means. You gotta you gotta call them up and see what see what you can do about that. And trying even if you don't like Lonzo Ball, even maybe you like Josh Jackson maybe as the next Jack guy. Now. You know, maybe you like maybe maybe you, you want somebody else. Who knows? The point is, if you're Indiana, you gotta go for something like that. But if you're the Lakers, why why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just wait? Take the player that you like now and wait for Paul George to come sign with you if it's already a given?
1: Well, it be, well you, you, because it's a given now while he's at Indiana. The, 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 the fear is if you're the Lakers... That, that Boston makes an offer, or, ne- or another team doesn't necessarily have to be Boston. But any team makes an offer for, for Paul George. He goes to that team and plays well, and all of a sudden he doesn't feel the same way about about leaving. You know, he doesn't feel the same sure. way about leaving the Wizards that he did right, about so, leaving the. So Indiana.
0: then it, it comes down to how how much you like Lonzo Ball as as the player. Right? Is he is he a franchise guy, or do you need that established superstar?
2: Well, that's why I I
0: think Danny Ainge should entertain trade talks right now and see what he can – what kind of offers are out there for the number one pick because there's no guarantee that any of these guys – they're all freshmen in college. There's no guarantee that any of them are going to make a major impact. And most likely, with the roster that the Celtics have right now, they're not going to make a major impact next year anyway. It's going to take a little while, and – I just – I don't know. Obviously, the Celtics would probably m- move on from someone like Marcus Smart or maybe even Avery Bradley or just one of their other guards. Obviously, there are guys at the end of the bench they could move on from, Jackson, um, and I mean, who knows, maybe Jordan Mickey is done here. But the point is that the playing time, it's going to be a fight for playing time because the Celtics see things in the guards that they have right now. So if if there's – if they don't ship off any of these guards that are in the rotation right now, Smart, Bradley, et cetera, it's going to be even more difficult for even a guy like Fultz as a number one pick to come in and make a, a serious impact next year. So I guess my point is that if you can find a guy that makes an impact next year, a bigger impact than that next year, and also sort of extends whatever package you get back sort of extends your window of being great then you go after that player who's already established.
2: Well,
1: I, I don't expect I think it
0: to happen
1: it. Um, here, here, here's the thing for me, and I, I said this on the postgame show, and a lot of, a lot of people got mad at me, and I understand it, and it, it, it this really wasn't my perspective. It's, it's really more like, what I, I try to predict like what I think Ainge can do, and, and to be fair, like, I, I mean, if you, if you remember correctly, we, we were doing a show, uh. Before before the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett trade, and I said I sort of said at the time I I don't see a way where Paul Paul Pierce remains on this team after the summer. People got mad at me then. I like they they I said before they traded Rondo that like it looks like they're gonna trade Rondo. Um, they took a little longer than I think they wanted to on that, but they they finally made that deal. But I was sort of shouted down for that. I don't necessarily see uh, like it as a as a for sure thing the way I did there. But what I what I do think is like if if they draft Marcel Fultz it's like you have if they draft Markell Fultz and they don't do anything else, okay, then you are going to have an Isaiah Thomas problem. You can you can tell me if you disagree with this, it, it, it's fine. But the, the fact of the matter is, is like Isaiah's contract still comes up after next year, in which case you get nothing for him. Right? If you, you draft Fultz one like he's a guy, he's a ball dominant guard. Yes, I know he. People say he has a long wingspan, but he he doesn't play defense right now, so that that's already an issue. But I I think it's really more usage rate. And how because he's a ball pounder and like you talked about earlier about Lonzo. Not again, not even that's a that's a bad thing. He's a pick and roll guy, a guy who I just don't I don't think he plays that well on the court with Isaiah. One, two, so if you this guy's the number one pick are you saying that, that he's going to be happy coming off the bench or do you think Isaiah Thomas is going to be happy being because I, I don't see Isaiah going back to the bench at this point in his career do you so like I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility If either a they they look significantly into trading the pick to try to maximize how good this team can be with Isaiah or if Ainge thinks that this team can't reach a high enough level don't be surprised if they look to move Isaiah in this offseason because mm-hmm. the the clock's in the, the clock's ticking on whether or not, you know when they can they have to make that decision whether or not to pay him basically now you know you know what I mean if you want to get any value from him.
0: Well, Fultz and Isaiah both went to the uni- <clears throat> excuse me University of Washington, so maybe Isaiah will not necessarily take a hometown discount, but maybe he will he will want to be here more so he can sort of mentor this guy, and maybe he will take a little bit of a pay cut, or maybe they will find a way to play the two two of them together and ship off somebody else. I hate to say it, but, but, I mean, Bradley is a a prime candidate for a trade here, in my opinion, and it just seems to be it's going to be one more of my favorite Celtics to get shipped off, if they keep loading up on guards. I don't want it to happen. But it seems it seems like that would be a, a definite possibility. And then you you wouldn't have to worry about Isaiah Thomas's contract because you wouldn't be tra- having to throw big money at Bradley. Um anyway,
2: but, Calvin. But, I'm gonna go to the yeah, call line.
0: Okay, um we're gonna see what uh, another one of your California buddies has to say. Not a Laker fan, though, thank goodness. He's a smart guy. Sam in San Diego, what's up, Sam?
2: Man, congrats. look at look at Calvin look at Calvin trying to raid on our parade here. Hey, <laughs> he's, hey, he's happy, he's happy
1: happy to I, give him some all, spotlight. All of, I, I said this before the draft, though. To be fair, I, before before the draft, I said this this already can be an issue coming. Uh, look, you know me, Sam. I just try to predict things down the road before they happen. That's, that's all. I'm not sure <laughs> to me. It's, a, it's congrats. It's a great thing. It's a great thing that you got the number one pick. Even if you trade the pick, you you still got something with crazy trade value. It's the number one pick of the draft. So I'm just
2: saying, like. Calvin,
1: the staying pad idea is, the, is it, the, that I think Celtics fans all seem to have. I seem to I, I, I feel like there's issues there that need to be addressed. But anyway, go on Sam.
2: sorry. Seeing the Lakers uh, uh, finish second was um, the only negative for tonight. Um, uh, you know, the only positive right. to take out of it is you know if the Celtics do draft Ball and and the Lakers draft Ball, is that you know we could have a franchise. Uh, Rivalry here. Point guard rivalry. Uh, that would be kind of exciting. Um, so that's kind of good. I kind of didn't want them to go to Philadelphia. Philadelphia's already so stacked. But tonight is such a great night. You know, we've been hearing so much about, hey, this could be a great 24 hours for the Celtics. And, you know, we always seem to have bad luck and that kind of stuff. So I, I wasn't holding my breath. But for the la- these last two nights, it's, it's kind of surreal what's happened. I mean, I remember what it was like when we missed out on Duncan and when we missed out on Durant. Those were sad nights, that I can still remember where I'm sitting. And tonight feels surreal, so it's just amazing. We've never gotten to hear them say, with the first pick, the Celtics select, you know. And I I, I was completely open to trading the pick earlier in the year and, you know, just to continue to get better, get that veteran. But now that we have it, the idea of drafting Markel Fultz and just having that – Limitless potential of a player is I, – I, I want to pick. I, I want to see them draft faults, and I want them, you know, they'll deal with what they have to deal with, but I want to see them draft faults. This is exciting. So,
1: Let me ask you this, then. Since you're sure since since you're, that's, that's what you want, you want the limitless potential, are you open to the idea of trading Isaiah? Because I, I think it has to be – you have to be open to one or the other. That's thats really the point that I'm making. Take your
2: pick. No, no. It, 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 which one are you know more what?
1: open to? You, you, I don't think
2: you have to do. I don't think you have yeah. to do either. And, and you don't trade Isaiah. Uh, you, you know, we we've been waiting for a player like that to come along. And and I mean, he's the best scorer I've seen in my lifetime on the Celtics. You know, even better than Pierce. I mean, I trust in, I trust in his scoring more than I do in Pierce's. I there's no way you can trade him. He's proven himself. He's battle tested at this point. He's showing you what he can do on a big stage. I I, I think I think you can have the best of both worlds. Okay, it that's, that's fine. But
1: what I'm saying is, gun to your head, you have to you have to make a choice here. Which one of those two things is more valuable to you? Because they can't be exactly the same, right? So if it if it came down to it, let let's say you draft Fultz, right? And Isaiah immediately uh, immediately says, "I don't want to play with this guy." So what, what do you do in that situation? Do you trade Fultz or do you trade Isaiah?
2: Um. Wow. Uh... Well, I guess I guess you trade faults in that case, um, but I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think if you have a team like ours, uh, just think back to like the '80s Celtics, uh, or any team really that that you have that that's a contender, or even a team on verge of contending. I mean, you always need young talent that can grow underneath that veteran leadership. That's the best way for a talent to learn. Like what Jalen Brown is doing in these playoffs, like what he did last night is more valuable than playing 30 games in a, in a regular NBA season. I think you can groom these players to become to, – to be a value to you. I mean, Brown is only a role player this season, but I think next year he'll be a much bigger contributor, and by his third year he could be contributing to a title. I, I, don't, I don't think it's out of the question that Fultz could be a Derrick Rose type of talent right away, you know, where, where, where these young talents are helping you win – a title within their first two, three years. I don't see why that's not possible. and right? We're going to need as much talent as we can because you've got guys like the Greek freak over there in Philadelphia brewing. So we're not the only team coming up in the East.
0: Yeah. You know yeah. what? I'm with, I'm with Sam on this one. If, if you get, are in the hypothetical situation where the Celtics draft faults and Isaiah Thomas doesn't like it and demands a trade, or that Fultz be traded. I'm, I'm with Sam. You trade Fultz because he's unproven. And at least Isaiah Thomas has proven that he can get to the Eastern Conference Finals with a group of players that is above average. So if you add other players with trading Fultz and get some other guys around him, that would make me think that they have a, a better chance at an actual championship. So
2: for, even valuable. though that might, you it's might mortgage
0: 10 years down the line, I think they're the fact that they are doing so well right now makes it more difficult to choose between the two. If if it were to come to that,
2: the the difficult part is definitely that you're going to have to trade a guard for sure, and 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 and, and you know Rozier is, is is not likely to be the one. It's probably Bradley, um, but um, you know uh, it, it's all about. Shop makers and creators, right? And and as much as we love Bradley, you know he is not that kind of player. And if you get a, uh, I don't know, man. I'm just I don't even know what to say. This is this is just really exciting. Um, uh, congratulations to you. I mean, Calvin, uh, 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 you guys got really lucky. Um, and 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 I think yeah, ball did. is going to be the pick. And um, yeah, I don't. I know. Agree. What do you think? Assuming we don't trade it, I agree. But yeah, don't you think? Don't you think the Celtics should take also? I mean, isn't that? I, I don't know. I think this is just fantastic. <laughs> don't even know what to say. Uh,
1: do I think the Celtics should? Yeah, I, I think you. I, I think the Celtics should look at trading the pick. Depending on be, be, because the reason, I think that again is just because of the age of most of the guys on this team. That the time, you know, all these guys are gonna be a, are gonna be a free agent after next year. I think that that you know, even if you trade away Bradley. Uh, you're still gonna. You still have. You have Bradley, Smart, and Isaiah all coming up next year. I, I, I think that you can re-sign the the the, uh, the guys who aren't Isaiah at probably uh, reasonable rates. My, I think that's the, the real reason why I wonder. And maybe 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 you'll, maybe you'll be right. Maybe nothing will happen. I, I don't think it's like imperative that they trade Isaiah, but I just think that that if you don't trade him. Then the odds are high that that he walks after next year and you get nothing for him. Maybe that is your is your like best play in terms of like you run you run this team back one more year. You try to get you know Gordon Hayward or Blake Griffin or whoever you, whoever you can get. And if you strike out on that, then maybe you get you know Nerlens Noel or or some somebody to make your team better for next year. You run this team back with Markel Fultz or whatever and see how you know well you can do. And then you and, and then you just let Isaiah walk at the end of next year, and then Markel Fultz is ready to take over the team. Um, yeah, if you're if you're fine with that, which I I think as a Celtics fan, maybe maybe that's what I would be most fine with because at least then I'd I'd have a year of Fultz to to project of like whether or not I'd be okay with losing Isaiah. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the best plan. But just realizing that scenario, you're not getting anything for Isaiah.
2: Well, I I think it's going to be, uh, you know what, I I wasn't sure if I was going to go to Summer League this year in Vegas, but um, assuming the Celtics go there again, which I think they will, it should be exciting to see Alts and Ball, and and, and there's going to be a ton of Laker fans there. Um, But, you know, this is an exciting time to be a Celtics fan. Um, And, uh, man, uh, I I don't have anything else to say, guys. Uh, Just go. Maybe just do one more
1: thing before you go Dan. Let me ask you one more thing. If, if the Celtics did draft somebody who wasn't Michael Bolt, would you how would you be mad about it, or, or would you be okay with it?
2: I mean, if they thought Ball was a better player, I would be fine with it. I, I don't think Josh Jackson would be the right fit. You know, if he saw the three, he'd be fine with it. But, I mean, I haven't really seen him play much, but they say he can't shoot, and I think we have enough of that. Um, Ball seems to be the perfect player for what we're looking for, either him or, or I guess Tatum is the other guy that's the big scorer. But... Um, I mean, everything that, that you hear about him, he's the perfect point guard for today's game. Um, and um, that's the guy I want. So uh, that's who I'm looking forward to. Um, so let's get him in here. Let's get Gordon Hayward in here. Let's get Zizek in here and, and and add to this roster. And how exciting is, is, is that going to be next year? I mean, I, uh, how how exciting is it to be a focus fan right now? Oh, so, yeah. Um, anyways. Guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, All right, Sam. I will talk to you guys soon. This is a great day, guys. Go Celtics! It's, a, it's, it's been day. a great 24:48 hours. Hopefully,
0: it continues tomorrow night when they uh, play the Cleveland Cavaliers here in Boston with that one seed. Have a good night, Sam. Love well, hearing from him. Um, Calvin, man, I am don't I know.
1: What? Am, am I am I am I just negative Nancy? Am I just a counter? Right? Am, am I am I just raining on your parade? Let me let me actually what I what I said to Sam like would you would you be okay with age like not even looking uh at exploring an, an Isaiah trade running it back if if age already has in his head, you know what I'm not going to resign this guy because we got Markel Fultz, but I'll run it back this year and I'll just lose the uh, I'll lose the assets and just hope that we you know we can win in this year, but then when when Isaiah leaves, you get nothing. Would you prefer that scenario to the scenario of like exploring an Isaiah Thomas trade right now?
0: Um, no, I think you should always explore the trade and see what happens uh, and see what, what you could get in return. but I, like I said earlier, I don't want to sacrifice the ability to get to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, you know, over the next three or four years and that it, 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 I don't know and not have a guarantee that you're going to do it again over the next five, six years. Like if you, if Fultz is just not proven. You you know you can get to the Eastern Conference Finals with Isaiah Thomas and uh, this this sort of ragtag roster of players and Al Horford, right? And right. You need another player. So to me, you're not you, you don't want to waste trips to the Eastern Conference Finals. You want to build on that and at the same time try and get a player that can help you do that for the next 5 or 6 years, 7, 8, what have you? So I guess what I'm saying is, if you're going to look at at trading Isaiah Thomas, you have to get a superstar type of player in return, first of all. And second of all, you have to get a guy that you truly believe in the draft is going to be a transcendent player. So...
1: You got to You got to get both.
0: You still need to improve. You I, you can't take. You can't trade Isaiah Thomas and take a step back and not be able to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Basically, is what I'm saying.
1: Hmm. I mean, that it be, it'd be difficult to to trade Isaiah Thomas and not take a step back just based on his salary. It, so you you would right. be okay with with age saying, you know what, we got Fultz. We we believe in him, so we want to trade for a guy who who like fits his timeline better than Isaiah Thomas does. You I don't problem. I don't like
0: that because how can you how can you believe in a guy that you haven't even brought into your I mean they haven't even so sure maybe they can get him in some workouts or something but they've had Isaiah Thomas in the locker room for two years they know that they can win with him. I, I don't I don't think you just throw him away for for anything you've got to get something really excellent in return. He's proven that he can win.
1: But what what if the the really excellent thing is like a it's like a young guy, you know what I mean but maybe but that young guy is unproven
2: is- uh,
0: I don't know it depends on who it is, I suppose, but I don't so think any uh, of those guys are uh, that's what I'm saying like you're already there. you have to still try and, and and balance this and not go all in one way or the other you're already there. Danny Ainge, is, it seems like he's in in a wonderful position and that he's on top of the world, but he's actually in a very difficult position because this could still go very wrong for him if he if he mis- makes any missteps across the way.
1: I agree, I and, and I actually like your rationale quite a bit. I just, I'm just i not sure that I believe that Ainge believes they're already there. You know what I mean? I, I think Ainge thinks, just based on on what I saw of him at the trade deadline and like things I've heard from him, and just, just the way he seems to be playing this, it feels like, like it, maybe maybe this playoff so, run has changed his mind. So uh, th- there's well, that element so,
0: too. During the during the press conference, I don't know what the uh, what the question was that made him respond this way, but um, he basically praised Avery Bradley. Said he was the MVP of the Chicago series. Then he said that Isaiah Thomas has been amazing for us this year, and then he said that getting Al Horford. to play with the team had, was a big boost as well. And then he went down the line and talked about development of, of players. And he mentioned uh, Terry, Rozier, Kelly Olenek, and Jay Crowder. I can't remember whether he mentioned Marcus Smart or not. I believe that he did not, so but don't quote me on that. But the point is, once you get past those first three names that he talked about, Bradley, Thomas, Horford, in whatever order you want to put them, the, the Celtics, I mean, really don't have a, a lot working – a, a lot to go on, right? Their players just – those those other names don't jump off the page at you, but they're getting it done, and they, they, they've figured out how to win. So Ainge also is putting a lot of faith in his coaching staff, which tells me that he doesn't want to trade Isaiah Thomas unless he can get a better player in return, and he also – probably doesn't want to get rid of this pick because he believes that the staff will put the, the guys that he puts out there in a good position. So he wants the best combination of players that he can get. So if you're not getting somebody better than Isaiah Thomas in return for Isaiah Thomas, then you might as well just keep Isaiah and go with the best player in the draft that, that you believe, or the the player that you believe is the best player and let Stevens go to work because the entire thing is working right now. They've proven that they can get there, and we'll see if they are a no-show against Cleveland, or if they win a couple games, or as nobody's predicting, maybe they'll win the series. That's a long shot, right? But the point is, okay, so if you, you, you've already trusted it to this point, so you're not just going to get rid of Isaiah Thomas for more assets. You've got to improve on, upon him.
1: Okay, so what if you so so. If if that's the case, you're you're right there. I I feel like you're inclined to to uh, push it push it more, but that brings up that brings up the other side of the coin, right? What if, what if you're in position to make this team better now and have less assets? You know what I mean? What, what if you can trade Markel Fultz and get back Chris Paul? You know what I mean? Markel Fultz and Avery Bradley, and you can get back Chris Paul. Do you do that?
0: Uh, so that's Chris Paul's a tough one because I think he's sort of getting towards the twilight of his career, right? So you, that's, that's, that's pushing the boundaries a little bit. If you, if you're telling me that you're going to go out there and get Chris Paul for these guys, then I don't know. I, I might say I'd prefer Avery Bradley because I like the way he's developing and Ainge called him the MVP of the Chicago series, you know? So who knows? Maybe he's just pumping Bradley up to trade him. You never know with this guy. But,
1: but uh, it, 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 Avery Bradley... Chris, is, Paul, is, yeah, well, Chris
0: Paul makes you win more now, but it's the old it's the old it, question, Calvin. Would you give up the next six years to win one championship? And uh, I, I feel like the Celtics were involved in the, the talks for more than one championship when they won that one back in oh eight There were two or three years where they were legitimate contenders, uh, and it didn't work out for them, obviously. But if you had told me prior to that, that I was going to have to wait six years before they were a contender again, like a legitimate contender, I probably would not have have been okay with that. And now people are looking at this and saying, oh, well Danny Ainge has really flipped it around really quickly. And sure he has, but it's, it's good that the team back then was legitimate for a few years. If they, if they were a one and done situation, like the Dallas Mavericks were back in 06, I would I would not have been a happy camper, and I wouldn't have been as patient as a fan to wait seven more years before they figure this thing out again. So I, I think that they've been patient and they've gone about it the right way. And I just if, if they're going if they've trusted their system to this point, you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna go out and get Chris Paul just because you can win another one right now.
1: But, but the thing about winning another one versus winning multiples is you you, you can agree that this team this Celtics team as well, maybe you can't as currently constructed like if if they are good enough to to win uh, like a title adding adding extra pieces then they're, they're probably good enough to win like one title right maybe two this is not like the next this this version of the Celtics is not, like, the next dynasty, right? Unless Markel Fultz is, like, significant... Unless he's, like, LeBron-level good, then, then we're talking about a team that could, like... They could, if they make the right moves, win one title or may, maybe two. So what are, you, what are you really giving up on in that scenario? If you really, like, want to push to make that happen, you're giving up on a guy that you already argued is unproven, and that's why you shouldn't move Isaiah for it. It's just, like, it, it, it's interesting that you want to play the middle ground because I feel like... I wouldn't want to play the middle ground. I'd even want to go all in on the rebuild and say this team. I don't think this team is quite good enough. So why wouldn't we try to try to get assets to to get around the guy who might be good enough? Or I would go the other way Man, and be like, look, because
0: it, you're already in the Eastern Conference Finals, you're already there. And LeBron, I mean, you've said it before. LeBron James can't go forever. He may tail off next year. Probably not. It might be the year after that. We'll see how far he goes. Maybe he plays at least
1: forty. Who knows? But right, but yeah. Al Holford also can't go forever, and neither and neither can Isaiah. So why not? That's so it, true. I, it, I, Yeah. So so if you're in that scenario and you and you you have the confidence in this team, you know what? If if we just make the right moves, we can go over the hump. Why wouldn't you go all in for the Chris Paul in that scenario? If you can win one or two titles, when this team's not, this team's not going to win seven titles no matter what. what well, because you're times, throwing like, you because you're
0: throwing the number one pick and a guy that that has developed. Pretty, pretty well, pretty rapidly over the course of his time here. That Danny Ainge apparently loves in Avery Bradley, guy, and I love him too. So,
1: but that guy o Smart, is probably going to have to walk anyway, right? Like, I, you think both like, maybe Avery Bradley gets a, a contract that's not worth, you, you know what I mean, what the Celtics want to offer him anyway. If you, if you, but if you're arguing that Fultz and the number, and Avery Bradley is, is too much. For Chris Paul, that, that's a separate argument to me than to say like I wouldn't want to give up the youth to try to win right now. Uh, I like you I'd, if you're saying the trade seems unfair to you, then that's fine. We you know we could if you if you want to say oh then no then no I'm about- w- no
0: I'm sticking yeah. with the the, the the first thing just because listen I mean you're already there I I don't know, there's I, I I don't really know how else to explain it.
1: I mean do you, do you do you honestly I guess we can just transition to this into this right now sort of but. But you say you're already there, and I I still think that, like, I, I'm not a complete believer in Cleveland's invulnerability, but do you really think the Celtics, like, have a legitimate shot to win this series? No. On the, on the postgame, everybody, every single person predicted the Celtics in seven. It was pretty funny, but... Yeah,
0: the, so the, they don't know. They, well, they must think that the TD Garden is a, is, is a place... To, That people come and they just get overpowered by the fans. Listen, I think the Celtics are going to win a couple games in this series, quite honestly. Going into the playoffs, I thought that they would get swept. After the first two performances for the Cavs, I felt like the Celtics were going to get swept. But I don't know. I saw something in Game 7. They had a little bit of a lull. It just it seemed like they've finally sort of figured some things out. They're they're not they're not starting games slow anymore. The last few games they've started just fine or really well in some cases, and I also am not going to I'm not going to throw away the, the fact that I think the Garden will win a game for the Celtics too. I think LeBron James will will do something uncharacteristic of LeBron James and his team will lose a game because that's what happens to him sometimes when he comes to Boston. And you know what, this is, this actually is going to be one of the, the more telling things for LeBron James in his career and what, where he is right now. Is he going to be able to overcome all that stuff and prove to everyone that he is the greatest player of all time and then move, go on to the NBA finals in a dramatic fashion sweeping away or in five games, the Boston Celtics and saying, it doesn't matter that we weren't the number one seed, or is he going to have a tough battle against a team that many say stands no chance against him and his other, and his Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's not just LeBron either. If the Celtics game plan this thing correctly, which their coaching staff, I believe, is is better than Cleveland's. If they game plan this correctly, they should be able to win a couple games uh, and make the Cavs, other guys, make shots. Where in the past you would let LeBron sort of do his thing and guard everybody else on the teams that he had these superstar players on. I still don't really believe in this Cleveland roster as as players that can really win games aside from LeBron and Kyrie. So. It's gonna be the Kyrie Irving show, unless the Celtics have a, a stud defensive performance. And I just, I don't know. I feel like the the Cavs will lose a game in Boston just because the crowd gets to them at some point. And hopefully it's Game One. Hopefully it happens right off the bat. But there, you, you will you will see, and it will be proven whether LeBron James is an all time great number one player. Or if he needs somebody else to win games for him
1: in this series. We'll see. The Cavs offered Kyrie for Fulton Bradley. Are you taking it? Uh, I, 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 I you there, but I'm just curious.
0: That's I mean it that's likely impossible, but I think, yeah, I think no, you have to. Happened. I think you have to do I think you have to do that, right? And then find yeah, a way yeah, to Right. But no, but yeah, actually, you know what? To... Forget that. Forget that. That's an improvement on Isaiah. So that's one of those guys where you trade Isaiah. You don't trade faults. You trade Isaiah in that situation. If, or, or at least go back at the Cavs and say, hey, you want Isaiah instead?
2: Yeah, or maybe a good idea. Say. Or, maybe a good idea instead of Bradley. Yeah,
1: it's still Fultz yeah. In that scenario. But, uh, but yeah, that's a good point. Um mm. Yeah, and, and it makes the Cavs probably worse. So you probably do it just for that reason alone, right? But uh, anyway, it's hypothetical. But I, I do. Look, and I said this on the post game show too. Like, we we forget now because they beat the Raptors, all right? that the Cavs like didn't look that good in their sweep of Indiana. They were down 25 points in one game. They gave up I I I gambled on that entire series and I took the over in every game and it went over significantly. Like in, in Indiana by the way, like didn't have any scoring outside of Paul George. Like they didn't have they didn't have any plays and yet uh yet they still like looked good in every game. And yes, the, the Cavaliers are a scoring machine and LeBron is like scoring better than he ever has uh in terms of efficiency. And I think that the Celtics are definitely going to have that same problem uh, that every other team has in like defending Cleveland, especially because they don't they don't really have a guy who matches up. I know it's a ridiculous thing to say, but like they don't really have a guy who matches up even okay with LeBron the way a guy like Igolala does. Because uh, the problem is, is Marcus uh, Smart is not. I'll tell you Let me tell you why. You can tell, you can say that you disagree, but I think Marcus well, Smart. What about Crowder? Is... Well, the problem with Crowder is that he's too slow, right? He is he's slow,
0: but he gives LeBron problems. If I mean, LeBron needs to be in the open court to take advantage of uh, his quickness over Crowder. If he gets in the post and stuff like that, or they have a half-court offense
1: going on, uh,
0: I, I feel like Crowder can hold his own.
1: I don't know. My thought was that Crowder was too slow and Smart is too small. I feel like Smart is the ideal defender for him. If Marcus Smart was three inches taller, he'd be the ideal NBA defender to defend LeBron. But I feel like well, LeBron you, can just I think it. you can say that about a, a lot of
0: guys, though. I mean, LeBron is a beast. He's 6'8", 6'9", six, six, something like that. So, I, I mean, right. he's, he's huge. So you need a, a bigger right. type of guy, which is why I would go with Crowder, because while he doesn't have the width of Marcus Smart, I guess, his height is there, and I, I just, I think he's got a good mindset against LeBron. He, he, gives, he, he seems to be like a gnat. You know, like he, he, just really bothers LeBron. It seems at times when he's out there. So I'd, I'd go with Crowder.
1: We'll see. I, no, I think I think they will go with Crowder. I just think LeBron will face him up and uh, blow right by him consistently. But uh, but in the, the point that I'm making to you, and you know, it seems like you might with well, this, is that
0: Orford has good I help think, defense. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So I don't think the Celtics can defend the Cavaliers very well, but I also don't think the Cavaliers can defend the Celtics. So the, the, the but the key to me to the Celtics winning games in this series is like is Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder like hitting the catch and shoot threes, right? Because those guys are remarkably remarkably inconsistent with their perimeter shooting. But Isaiah, I, look, I, Isaiah is going to create open shots from his triple penetration, and like the Celtics are are a team that like looks great when they're hitting their threes or creating turnovers. Which yeah, they can they can do somewhat against the Cavs, but I wouldn't expect like. I wouldn't expect them to just have a crazy transition game against, against the Cavs the way they did against the Wizard. But I, I think that in order to keep pace with them, because the Cavaliers are going to take and hit a lot of threes, in order to keep pace with them, they're going to have to do the same. That's the other problem with, with putting Jay Crowder on LeBron, by the way. It's like you sort of need Jay Crowder to try to defend Kevin Love, right? because Horford is going to be on Tristan Thompson. I guess it depends yeah, on, on what one. Well, you
0: know what? Yeah. Actually, you might see a lot of Kelly Olinick this, this series. I don't don't be surprised if the Celtics try and go a little bit bigger this series than they have in, in the past, just because I don't think Amir Johnson really has the ability to stay on the floor. And then you can put Horford on Thompson and Olinick on Love and keep Crowder on on LeBron James. And you, you let Isaiah Thomas run around with J.R. Smith, and put Bradley on Kyrie Irving and bring in Smart when Bradley's tired. And that's that's I don't know that, that right off the top of my head without looking at film like Brad Stevens does and actually being involved in 82 plus games in in the NBA. That's the way I see it.
1: Yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and that will probably largely be the game plan. I just I, I question the effectiveness of certain of those matchups. I think in some ways, the, like what I said about uh, the Celtics having defensive problems against against the Wizards with with Isaiah being out there, I think it's less of a problem against the Cavs because they usually have either J.R. Smith or Amon Shumpert out there as basically a, a spot-up shooter. Neither of those guys really drives that much anymore. Yeah, you let know
0: Isaiah run yeah. around with both of those guys.
1: Yeah. And, the, and those guys aren't even really like like guys who run off screens and and do like Avery Bradley style pull up jumpers. They're usually just like floor spacing guys. And I I, I feel like you just have you, you just have Isaiah out there. You know maybe he he's like uh, playing the passing lanes a little bit and maybe he can get a hand at somebody's face. And if J.R. Smith hits seven threes, then you live with that. But you, you're not going to expect that to happen yeah. too
0: much. And listen, hold on. We we have ten minutes left here because I only scheduled it for an hour because I wasn't really thinking you we were going to go much longer than that. What?
1: No, no, go on, sorry.
0: No, so I just want to say while we're talking about defense and hiding Isaiah Thomas, I want to give the guy credit for his defense because as, even though he's undersized and he's outmanned pretty much every single night and he's, got, he's defending guys that are six, seven inches taller than him, in some cases, Otto Porter, uh, he still holds his own. He puts a hand up. He gets as far into the guy's face as he can. And he's quick enough to stay with guys on defense. So, you know what? I'm surprised, honestly, that Isaiah Thomas doesn't take more charges because he gets in front of guys enough. But I feel like they don't go at him as hard because they're afraid of picking up a charge. So that's kind of helpful as well. And that in that case, you just got to put him on a guy that you don't think is going to be able to knock down shot after shot over him. And – and or a guy that is afraid of backing him down in the post and getting double teamed in that situation or something. So that's why I feel like Shumpert and Smith are perfect candidates for Isaiah Thomas to play defense against, regardless of their height. He's going to be able to hold his own against them. And he, he he's I think he's been great on defense, and he, he gets lost at, at times, but I think he's been excellent in the playoffs and towards the end of the regular season as well.
1: Well I, I will say this for the Celtics in the thing I said uh on the post game last uh Last night, and, uh, and after, after like to all the callers who called in and complained about the officiating. And yeah, I, I know. Yes, I do hate that in the Celtics-Wizards series. But like, the the Wizards folded, man. The reason the Celtics won that series, more than anything, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is like the Wizards ultimately proved to be soft, and the Celtics mm-hmm. are a gritty, deep. They play a, like they played the a physical brand of basketball. I watched. You, you talked about Isaiah. I watched Washington Gotat in the fourth quarter of that game, catch the ball and around the free throw line. With being being with Isaiah Thomas switched onto him, he caught the ball and Isaiah just pushed Cortada in the chest with both hands, and I expected. I expected Gortat to like immediately take him into the post and like bully him and take a shot over him, but he was so flustered by Isaiah like pushing him with both hands that he just like <laughs> he just immediately bitched out and like passed the ball out to Bradley Beal, and I was like, wow, you you just got punched by Isaiah Thomas, and it, 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 like it, it was just like the physicality of the Celtics. That's is, really funny was, because
0: like, did you see the comments that, that Gortat had uh, after he heard like Avery Bradley was saying that he was gonna he was gonna f him up or something uh, he like complained to some polish media about it and he sounded like yeah. uh, he was really complaining he was like really ripping on the celtics for not being able to uh, it, it's some the, i think the, the quote translated as something like uh i'm gonna try and find that right now too real quick but it was something like um they they build themselves up on Hating on us, but we focus on ourselves and try and become a better team or something like that. I'm going to try and find it. But, yeah, he, he was really uh, upset that Bradley, like, went to the refs and said, if if Gortad doesn't stop doing whatever he was doing, I'm going to F him up.
1: That's funny. But but the, yeah, it's funny to me that Celtics fans like think that they're, they're this aggrieved team because like like your team is the more physical team and that and that to me is like one of the other things that gives you a chance in this in this series. Like you're not gonna muscle around LeBron, so like for, forget about any hope of that. But I do feel like Kevin Love can be bullied around. I feel like Channing Fry can be bullied around. If Marcus Smart does what he does and like you know. Pushes people through screens and Horford was super physical in that last series. If Horford does that, even Isaiah, like Isaiah loves contact, man. For a small guy as he is, that guy will jump right into somebody with no fear. And I think, I don't think they'll beat the Cavaliers, but I would like for it to be a good series. And I actually hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong because I hate the Cavaliers and LeBron, but I, I, I don't see it. But I, I do think they can push it to six games. So that, that's why I'm pick, I'm picking the cats at six.
0: All right. Uh, I have the Marching Gortat quote, if you want it. And I'm picking the Cavs in six as well, because I think the Celtics are going to ultimately win two games and they're going to make it a series and they're going to play tough in all six games. I don't expect any blowouts. I will say that. But I'm, I'm going with Cleveland in six, unfortunately. Uh, so we'll see. Should be fun, though. Should be fun, and, and you know what? Before all of this happened, Calvin, I said it would be a disappointment if the Celtics did not get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, here they are, so I am not disappointed, and I'm actually feeling pretty good about them. So we'll see if they get if they get swept by the by Cleveland and it, they're not competitive, then that's my new disappointment. I want I want them to at least be competitive in every game they play, uh, but I do expect them to win a couple games here because or a couple games in the series, they, they could steal one in Cleveland. They could win one here. Uh, I just, I expect it to happen. So, yep. Cleveland in six, they just ultimately are the better team all around because of LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Anyway, Gortat, uh, the reporter said to Gortat, this is after game two, Thomas said, we don't like them and they don't like us. And Gortat said, well, this is a popular story with the media. This hostility thing between these two teams looks a bit different, though. We play tougher but only care about our own team while they want to provoke us. Avery Bradley approached me last game and said that if I set one more screen, he's going to beat me up. The reporter asked him what response he got, and Gortat said I laughed him off. I advised him to come back when he grows up and gains some weight. (laughs) And... that. it's the Celtics that who get, who get excited with this. In other words, they build their unity around their disliking of the Wizards players. So, Kortat telling the uh, the Polish media that he was threatened to be beaten up, and uh, I don't have this quote, but I I did see that Bradley was like, "Yeah, I told I told them I told the ref that's, that that's going to happen." So, there you have it.
1: That's funny to me because I don't I don't think of Avery Bradley as like the the tough guy on the team, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I even though he is a a guy who will like defend through screens, he doesn't seem like the, the first guy I would think of fighting on the Celtics. But um, in any case, so I guess we're out of time here, right? Let me just let me just say something really quick about uh, about Pachulia and and Popovich. So uh, Pachulia ran up underneath Kawhi Leonard, uh in that game oh, one, yeah. I'm sure you saw it Right Yeah, and, and Popovich came out and he bitched about it and he said like, you know, something needs to be done about this in security play. And my my big problem with worry is that that Greg Popovich had a guy named Bruce Bowen. You you remember that guy? Bruce Bowen? Oh yeah, I love like, Bruce that.
0: Bowen. He was a terrible shooter.
1: <laughs> That was Bruce Bowen's literal go-to move: was to like intentionally put his foot up underneath guys. And unlike Petrulio who's a big man, and you'll see like you know like the Horford, Marquise Morris thing. Look, when a big man tries to run out to the three-point That's line,
2: insane. he's gonna yep. run
1: underneath. Yeah, he's going to run underneath someone. But Bruce Bowen literally, like, you can go to YouTube right now and look up uh, Bruce Bowen puts his foot under Vince Carter. And he he did it like five times to Vince Carter over the course of his career. And it was like clear where, like, his feet didn't even leave the ground. Vince, Vince Carter went up for a shot, and he's literally like pushing well, his legs under you know what, Vince you Carter. You know what
0: Pop would say about that, Calvin? He would say that it wasn't illegal then. Now it's a foul in the NBA to do that. So Pop wants to push the issue even more, and at the time Bruce Bowen was allowed to do that, right? Uh,
1: he he was, but 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 but, but, but uh, when Bowen got cut back then, uh, Popovich like released a statement talking about how like he's not a dirty player and he's doing the right. The point is, is like now he's so offended by this notion that someone can run underneath someone, even though in Petrulias' case, I don't I don't even want to say it's clumsy. It's literally just a big man trying to get out and, and block block shot out. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you didn't, know he didn't complain about DeMarcus Aldridge but doing a Sometimes it happens,
0: and Leonard doesn't yeah. think that he, he did it on purpose either. Sometimes a bigger person that is playing a game runs into the smaller person and they get hurt, and sometimes it's as simple as that. It, it, this wasn't even that egregious. It was just a, a little bit of an ankle roll that, t- unfortunately, turned out pretty poorly for Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs. It's, it happens to be their best player. Do you think that Popovich would be going nuts if it was Danny Green, that that happened to? I doubt it, but maybe, I don't know. Probably not, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It looks like we're out of time, though. Hit the music. Yep,
0: we are, and Sam has dropped off the board anyway, so he's, he didn't even care about that Popovich stuff. Talk to you next time, Calvin. Nice to hear from you, buddy. Uh, By the way, I will be in New Orleans next Tuesday, so no show for us.
1: Okay. Good
2: night, everyone.